For the first time ever, I am thrilled to say we have an official sponsor for the Dirk Talk podcast, and that's Ariat. I've worn Ariat boots on every job site I've visited over the years, traveling in them across five continents. More importantly, I have yet to find a single project where working folks, unlike me, are not wearing Ariat boots and workwear in every condition imaginable. And there's really good reason for that. And that's because it's phenomenal stuff. And the more I've learned about Ariat and the company, the more I've loved their brand. So with this, Ariat is offering any Dirt Talk listener 10% off their next Ariat order at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk. That's 10% off boots, jeans, and workwear at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk or at the link in this episode's description. With that, let's get to the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Dirt Talk Monday edition. Today, we've got another Q&A session from uh, submitted questions. Have you got any questions submitted to you, Harrison? No. Okay, good. Uh, excellent. Well, fortunately, <laughs> I've sourced these questions from Instagram, and people send in questions there all the time. Uh, but before we begin, if you have questions, send them to dirttalkatbillwood.com. It goes right to Harrison, and then Harrison might ask me those questions at a later date. Please, because I don't need more emails about YouTube SEO. I, I just deleted one uh, a minute ago. I get a few emails every day about SEO. Uh, oh and who, who are they? Who are you? I don't know. I don't even know if they're real. They I, might not be real. They might just be uh, bots. I just delete anything sales related. Just delete. I think delete. a super intelligent AI got loose and it's been just creating accounts. Well... And that's a theory going on is, all right, if AI was getting smarter and smarter, would it let us know? No, absolutely mm -hmm. not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. And so there might already be something out there that's way beyond what we think. Lurking in the shadows. Lurking in the internet shadows. But if there's no dirt world, there's no servers for AI to, it's true. to hide in. Yeah. <laughs> I, I start to, my mind... Um, Goes blank pretty quick once I start thinking on that, on that tangent. Yeah, but we're not here to talk about AI. We're here to talk about the dirt world. So, what do you got over there? I got some questions. All right, and I think they're pulled. You said they're they're pulled off your Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just um, I I I asked for questions maybe two or three months ago. Yeah, I took them all. I put them into a spreadsheet, and yeah. then. I just took a few of them from that spreadsheet for this podcast. Okay. But I haven't really thought about these. There's really no strategy behind choosing these. I've just picked, f I think, five at random. Great. And we don't have names. So if you hear your question, then well, it congratulations. Was, it, was, it was months ago. These people probably forgot about their question. They've already forgotten. Yeah. yeah. I've let them down again. All right. Well, we're going to answer them regardless. Irregardless. I don't know. Uh, so let's dig into the first one. What advice do you have for someone starting a small business? I've started to think more and more about this recently. Yep. And I was listening to Andy, a podcast with Andy Frisell and Ed Milet the other day, which was really good. Uh, it was Ed interviewing Andy. And I love, pod I love interviews when Andy's on a different show because you get a different perspective. I've always been a big Andy Frisell fan. 
And um, he was talking about how because of this whole push online about entrepreneurship and small business and being your own boss because of this. Every other post. A lot of, yeah, a lot of people are doing it thinking yeah. it's for them. But he, say, he said it, it's actually done everybody a significant disservice because most everybody is better would live a better quality of life being an entrepreneur building something within an existing business rather than building mm. their own business okay and i've talked to a lot of people about this i think it's amazing that anybody can start a business in the dirt world i think that's awesome i think yeah. the dirt world is yeah. is still one of the only places and it could change in the future if if some things still go in the direction it's headed but it's one of the only places where the american dream i think is alive is preserved somebody can go out get a contractor's license for a few hundred dollars and mm -hmm. start with with nothing really rent a skid steer from home depot and become a contractor for better or for worse mm -hmm. and and i know a lot of huge contractors that have stories like that uh they all took a chance they got a machine and some of them are doing billions of dollars a year right now which yeah. is is just it, it, in, in some of them in one generation too the the one the guy started in the 50s in the 60s in the 70s and now they're mm -hmm. a monster organization it's not even multi-generational which is the craziest thing about it so i'm a hundred percent for anybody starting a business so somebody says i'm starting a business i'm like good for you awesome mm -hmm. but yeah. i would really think twice about it um i think people do it just looking at all of the benefits to it but there's mm -hmm. also a down there's 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 a a darkness around it <laughs> at you the same say. time yeah and it just depends on what you want i think if you're a contractor and you want a crew and you want to do the work yourself and you mm -hmm. want to make a good living that's great yeah but i've seen it start to spiral out for people when it just starts to grow and grow and grow and they don't put the systems into place and they're mm -hmm. having to do everything and they're stressed out and um it just then becomes this this terrible thing they didn't really want in the first place and so yeah. if someone's starting a business i always say think about where you want to take it before you really get into it because mm -hmm. one it might not be in your best interest to start a business it might be in your best interest to live a great life and be able to check out and do things that somebody running a business can't really do from a quality of life standpoint. Like, yeah. And what I mean is like not financial, but but time and energy. And it just gives you so much more freedom in a lot of ways working somewhere else. Yeah. And then if you decide that it is absolutely for you, just figure out where you want to go. Because yeah. I think a lot of companies would be better served if they had at least thought, you know, hey, I I don't want to become huge or I do want to become huge. Awesome. Just figure out what you want uh, or at least think about it beforehand. So I think that would be. That's my thought on it is really think. Is it for you and what are you willing to give up? Because I think especially the past few years have been very draining and uh taxing for me and i wouldn't trade anything for it i'm a hundred and ten percent certain i'm on the path i'm supposed to be but it is pretty brutal uh 
a lot of days and it's not for everybody and it's not the best quality of life in a lot of ways. And I see a lot of people in their 20s just doing all kinds of fun stuff. And again, I'm not saying I really want to do that, but it's like I don't have a family that's been put on the back burner. Mm -hmm. I've had struggles with parents and my father, especially because of this. And there's a lot more to it than the good side that's presented on the internet that isn't really true to begin with. Why are you saying everything on the internet is not true? I just, there's so many people on there that, like, yeah. they have these, they have this business, they're making money. Okay, cool. Yeah. How many people do you employ? Not, no, so, yeah. So, what, it's, is what that is really it? a business? What, is it a glorified Etsy shop? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah you're drop shipping? Cool. Um, yeah. Kind of follow up question to this, just when you were talking and I thought about it, like, do you feel like you have to have like your guard up? Yeah, there. Yes, yeah. There's a significant weight to employing people. Yeah, <laughs> Be, knowing that there's right now with this in this business, you know, sixty plus families depending, really on me at the end of the day, is yeah. is no joke. Um, I mean, and, you're not alone. <laughs> we do have you know, Randy and no, Jason and yes, and, yeah, yeah. But but I could do something. That would jeopardize the life of oh, six, yeah. like, like that. I yeah. mean, all it takes yeah. is one action. Yeah. And, and that does, I think, for me, carry a lot of weight. Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to put this into words very, very well. But one, I would just say, make sure, make sure it's, it's, it's for you. And mm -hmm. then two, have an idea of where you want to take it before you really get at it. I, and I don't mean have this perfect business plan. I just mean, how far do you really want to go? Because the further you want to go, the more you're gonna you're, you're gonna have to give up. Yeah. It's, it's proportional. There's no there's no there's no sneaky path no. to get it. Uh, and I think that's I've been really well served because I saw these very successful people growing up, and I saw that the 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 effort required to get to that level. And a lot of the stuff on the internet is is makes it seem effortless or mm -hmm. makes it seem quick. It's not that way. It's no, not that no. way in the slightest. And even I get worked up about that in a little bit, but it's like, we've been at it six years. I could do this another decade and still have a ways to go. I yeah. think it just takes time. And I think that's where the plan comes into place. Like I've seen people start like landscaping business as, as like a contractor. Um, and they really had to whittle down what they really wanted to do. So they got into, you know, very specialized and, for lack of a better term, expensive hardscape. Yeah, well, I, I think and, those are the companies that make the most money, yeah. especially in the dirt world. Is yeah. If there is a specific market they go yeah. after and they're really good at, they, mm -hmm. make, they make a killing. And then I see, too, business owners... Um, it could be a similar size business, similar business. One business owner is always stressed out, always their phone is nonstop. Mm -hmm. They can't take two days off. And then the other business owners like, you know, what's going on guys? Um, Hey, you know, what can I help you out with? They're cool, calm, collected, mm -hmm. uh, probably making more money in a lot of times. Um, and so they just have their business set up differently. And I think that's pretty cool too. Yeah. It's also, it's, uh, a lot of people ask uh, how to like start a podcast, and I always tell them have a clear direction, have a clear message. Like 
this has a clear concept. Yeah, there needs to be a purpose behind there it. There needs to be like a thread that yeah. ties everything together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. All right, I want to start a business. Well, why? Why do you want to start a business? Yeah. What's the problem you're solving? Yeah. What's what's different about you? You know. And we've talked about this like a thousand times, which yeah. is the only reason that I feel like I can talk about it a little bit because go back and listen to some of the podcasts and you'll hear some of these things. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that one's pretty much fleshed out. So we're gonna move on. All right. Best way to get into the dirt world. This is a tough one. And I'm asked this question probably more often than any other question I'm asked. And I wish I had a really, really nice answer. But the reality is I don't. And that is one of the key problems is Mm -hmm. the industry needs people so bad. uh, And yet there's no real defined pathways. I pull up in my latest presentation. You look at schools colleges you go to any university website Mm -hmm. and it's a a great example on how to recruit effectively uh, and how to market yourself effectively and how to get people in the door but you go to to contractor websites or whatever it is and it's just really hard to even apply for these companies that desperately need people there's there's a disconnect there's no real pipeline and so one i would look into are you in a strong union area, first and foremost? If you're in a Chicago, for example, the best way in is going through 150, is mm-hmm. going through, you know, if you're in New York, if you're in these these very, we were just with uh, 49ers up in um, Minnesota. If, if you're in these strong union areas, an apprenticeship is the way to go. However, a majority of people are not in the union nowadays in the construction industry. I grew up in Arizona. Joining the union was was not even slightly on the radar because no. it's all right to work and that's just not how business is done. So what I had to do was essentially find uh, an opportunity and people aren't just going to come along and hand you an opportunity. You have to go out and 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 put in a little effort to find it. So I... There, the trucks in the neighborhood said Pearson Construction Corporation on them. I Google Pearson Construction Corporation. I find their phone number. I call their office. I, I researched on their website. Who owns this place? Oh, it's Rich Pearson. Of course he would own Pearson Construction Corporation. I called the front desk and I say, hey, I'm a, a student at Arcadia High School. I would love to sit down with Rich Pearson and talk to him about his career and, and potentially mm-hmm. uh, talk to him about a job and what that might look like. And miraculously, Rich said, okay, you can come down. I met him at his office. I was terrified, but I sit down with him on the other side of his desk and I ask him questions, talk to him for an hour and say, can I have a job? And he says, no, you can't have a job because you're 17 years old. And so I wait until I'm 18. I call him back when I'm 18 and he agrees to give me a job as a laborer. I start out as a laborer. I wanted to run equipment, but well, I, I'm not going to get into equipment right away. Obviously, I'm going to have to prove myself first. And so that was all I did was just show up and try to make everybody's life easier. And then, you know, we had a backhoe sitting in the yard and I didn't grow up around heavy equipment. I had never run heavy equipment up until now, but I wanted to do it so yeah. bad. But there was a backhoe in the yard. There was a dirt pile. And so when the time was right, I'd build that sense of trust. I asked the foreman, hey, after work at some point, could I uh, move the backhoe around and, and start to learn? And and he said, okay, sure. And so I spent a little bit of time moving this pile of dirt around from here to there. And then 
the foreman sees, oh, okay, cool. The kid's not a total idiot. He can actually run this machine. So then, you know, a week later, two weeks later, hey, uh, can you take this broom from here to over there? And I don't know really how to run the broom, but of course I'm going to say, absolutely I can. And you figure it out. And then one, two, six, I'm starting to run the equipment a little bit more. I'm starting to do a little bit more Then I'm starting to just navigate the dynamic here or there. So one, if you're in a union area, check out the apprenticeships, because again, there's, there's some really strong union areas like uh, Chicago. You want to go through the apprenticeship, but just saying, just join the union is not at all applicable either because no. because they're not uh oftentimes even existent in some areas like where i grew up in phoenix arizona and so yeah. in that case you research local companies you find a way in wherever it is mm-hmm. and then you just work your way up from there yeah i think a lot of people get scared off too by um like the whole journeyman aspect of unions um because it's not exactly crazy good pay to start with but if you kind of think about it, like, I mean, you're, you're putting yourself in massive debt if you go to college. No, most but, people are. But it, it it's it's really good pay. You're, you, no, they're making a ton of money. They're making yeah. $30, $40 an hour starting out, right? Starting? Now. Yes. Oh, in okay. some of these markets. Well, that's a little different. Though. Yeah. No, yeah. it's 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 wild. It's, okay. it's wild. Yeah. The, some of the ones that I've looked at are are not as competitive. Um, but yeah, I suppose if you find the right union, but also, I mean, kind of like private businesses too, because I feel like you do have the opportunity to grow a little bit faster. It's not as metered in the way that unions are. Yeah. But but. there are some markets you just can't work non-union like a Chicago. Yeah. That's not an option. And I wouldn't recommend it. If I lived in Chicago, I'd be joining the union tomorrow. No question about it. And then I would just navigate that system as well as I could and go from there. And you're going to, you'll be able to live pretty comfortably in a union in Chicago. In uh, any, anywhere, any you're Yeah. You're good anywhere doing anything. And yeah. and because most of the time too, you're getting so much overtime, especially as a young person that yeah. Yeah, you're making a killing. Yeah. Uh, or, know that. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're making plenty, plenty of money. I, I, and I'll, I'll go to the, uh, you know, there's some of these like career sites in construction and I'll go to the average wages on there and salaries. And it's like, where are you pulling this information? Because I mean, yeah, there are some markets like Tennessee is honestly not that high. No. A Georgia, a Mississippi, an Alabama, a South Carolina, like the South is probably the lowest of anywhere in the United States. Um, also low cost of living though. Yeah, not not no. It's not, getting worse. Yeah, but... no, not not anymore. Yeah, it's low cost living in Nashville, no fucking way. Low yeah. cost of living in Atlanta, no fucking way. Yeah, low cost of living in in what's happening with South Carolina, North Carolina, Charlotte. Mm-mm, that's out the window, dude. So I think so, wages are going to have to go way up in yeah. this area to be competitive. But um, they will, though, when they need people bad enough. Well, they already are. But um, yeah, I just find your way in and, and work. If if you have a family member in the industry, that's the easiest place to start or a friend. Yeah. I would go there first. But if you don't have that, I didn't have that. Uh, find a company, knock on their door, ask for a job. If they tell you no. You ask again or you go to the next one and you rinse and repeat until someone gives you a shot. Okay, sure. You can go push a broom in our shop and then you push the hell out of that broom and you can go anywhere from there. Anywhere. That's anywhere. what I did. 
that my brother's working in in the industry before me. That's the way to go. And yeah. I was like, hey, man, can I also get a job? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, you're going to push a broom. Uh-huh. I uh, was, I think, 17, so I was not <laughs> that concerned about yeah about it. But obviously, my career took a different trajectory. But it's kind of the same as um, what we were talking about with small businesses. You have to really be decided on what you want to do. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, you don't need to know. You don't need to know everything. No, 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 no. First start, no, const- construction, you don't need to know. You just need to find a way in and yeah. navigate it from there. I, I, I think finding your way in is probably one of the hardest things you have to do in the industry. It's really, yeah. it's for whatever reason, it's really hard to get in. But once you're in, you can start to navigate it. And that's what Rich Pearson told me was, hey, go to work for all different companies and see all different things. Because working for a Kiwit is a totally different vibe than working for your local underground utility contractor like me. and. I don't know what's best for you, and and I can't tell you what's best for you. You just need to go experience it yourself, figure that out, and yeah. then, uh, you know, maybe in your twenties, a kiwit is best. You can go travel. You don't have a family. You don't have kids at home. You can just do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. You can make tons of money, and then you hit thirty five. You got a family. You want to settle down? Cool. Then you go to work for a local contractor. You can you can go to work for all different contractors. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just look for it. I. So many people who own companies, CEOs, it's usually just their name and the company as their email. Yeah. Like, it's really... I I do that all the time. It's not hard to... I do that all the time. Well, all you have to do is typically, what I do is... Go to LinkedIn. (laughs) No, well, typically the, the... the president of the company won't have their email anywhere, but you can no. go. You can go find the email format of the company. Somebody, somebody at the company will have their email somewhere. So yeah. you find you find their email. Is it first name dot last name? Is it first letter uh, last name? Is it last name first letter? Whatever it is, and then you find that formula, and then you take their name and plug it into that formula and just start plugging it in until you get an email that goes out instead of bounces right back. It might work. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, not that that's maybe the smart thing to do all the time. You have to, but I mean, why not? I do that every day. Yeah. I guess e- so. Every single day I'm trying to find someone's email. Yeah. That's, 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 that's what I've done with, that's how I've gone into all the sites, all the mines, everything I do is, it's, it's just find people's email, find the right person to talk to and then find the right person to talk to. Maybe I'm stupid, I guess. That's all you gotta <laughs> do. You just gotta find the right person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, and usually they're super thrilled that someone's even asking. Yeah, they're not going to be annoyed if a young person comes to them and asks for a job. No, it's just like, dude, it's one email. You know how many emails they get a day? Well, and then, but also don't be like, well, I emailed them and I never heard back because these people... Because it's also one email. Well, it's just one email. Sometimes they don't even check email. Sometimes you got to email someone seven times before you get a response. Like, don't. Don't be a pain in the ass, but yeah. also don't take no for an answer. I'm, or, I I would rather you be a pain in the ass than than just oh well you know they didn't message me back so you know I never heard back yeah so, bro try a few different things yeah you know try you usually companies will have a contact us on their website fuck the contact us no fuck that no no that, that's a, straight to the email that's a worthless page it'll probably just get dumped into a pile of shit I I have. I never Noted. waste my time with contact us pages. I go r- right to the source yeah. uh, as, as I can or or somebody else. You know, if I'm trying to 
I'm not always going to go to the president of the company if I want to do something. Like you have to be smart about it. If I'm trying to do this, I'm going to try to find the right person within that organization for this because that's oftentimes more effective. But again, if I'm just trying to find a job, I'm just trying to find anybody in that company. I'm going to tell them who I am. I am. I have I have never just gone onto a website, gone onto a careers page, and submitted a resume and crossed my fingers. Yeah. I, I I wouldn't have I wouldn't have had any of my jobs ever ever had I done that. Had I done that, and then even worse, then people get upset because it's like, well, they you know they never got back to me. It's like, yeah, they should not, should yeah. they get back to you? Yeah, probably, but who knows how much shit they get, and and yeah. and that's on you. That's not on them. You're the one that wants to go there. So 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 get in there and if you put in that effort you'll you'll be able to go anywhere and also work on writing and um pick out some example emails i wrote on social media the other day i would much rather much rather send me somebody send me a paragraph on here's who i am and here's why i want to work for you then 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 give me a beautifully executed executed resume yeah the resume probably not going to look at honestly but if i get a a letter from somebody that's well thought out showing that they've put in their homework i'm going to read that i'm probably going to respond to that i might even pick up the phone and call you if you leave your if you put your phone number there too because hey you know this is yeah this is unique okay cool and maybe i don't have something for you but i'm at least going to say hey yeah thanks for reaching out i really appreciate the effort yeah people people appreciate um kind of individuality i guess when i see something that is formatted like super nice but like that doesn't differentiate you from any other email that i get no it, it doesn't well you could that you, you might as well just be a bot at but that like point. resumes like, they all look the same they yeah, all look the same yeah. you can you can spend as much fucking time as you want they all look the same and so immediately unless i'm like a recruiter and mm-hmm. my job is to read resumes I'm probably not going to read a resume just because they all look the same. And I don't really like it doesn't you you, you don't get past that first. Hey, I'm different mm-hmm. if it looks the same. Yeah. And I think so. anyone asking this question, you're already in the right spot. Yeah. All right. So we've kind of driven that one into the ground. Next one. Um, how did you start filming? When did you start filming? Why? I, it's like, my story is not at, in the slightest uh, bit unique. I, like anybody else, when I was working construction, would have my phone with me. And when some cool shit would happen, I would take pictures of it. I'd take videos of it because it's cool shit. And I wanted to capture it. I, I, I didn't really have any place for it, but I wanted to at least take some pictures of what's going on. And so Mm -hmm. I, over the course of my time in construction you know i used i did it with my phone and then i bought a gopro for some other stuff outside of work but then i started to bring it to work because i'm like oh this is cool i might be able to play with it on when it's a little slow like so i'd bring a gopro to work and and within reason i'm not gonna be like hey boss you know i'm gonna take some cool pictures and this and that but you know when it's slow or not and you can set up a gopro or time lapse or do something fun and i would do that within within reason but within reason Mm -hmm. And then my friend had a drone. My friend DJ had a Phantom 4, a Phantom 4 when I was at Kiwit. 
And I would start bringing that to work and filming the blasts. And then I bought a Canon 70D for, again, for taking pictures of mountains and hiking and shit. But mm-hmm. then I'd bring it to work. And on slow days, we'd have a D10 pushing rocks off a pile. I was like, well, this is pretty cool. I'm going to take some pictures with no intent of doing anything with any of these photos. Mm-hmm. And then I had so much fun with my friend's drone that I'm like, well, I need to buy, my, buy a drone myself. So then DJI comes out with the Mavic, which is so at the time because it's a foldable drone it is wildly small wildly small you go from having to carry around this big case to this little thing that can you just throw in a backpack so i spent a ton of money it was like 1500 dollars probably at the time and i bought this drone and then i started just taking pictures of job sites around town and that's essentially how i did it i but i tell people i was just telling someone this yesterday I have zero interest in photography. I have zero interest in video. I don't care about taking pictures or any of that. I just like capturing heavy equipment, job sites, hardworking people. Mm -hmm. That's it. Anything outside of that, I could give a shit about. Mm -hmm. I don't bring my camera anywhere else but job sites. That's all I want to do. That's it. So really, just like anybody else, though, I had a bunch of pictures on my phone, a bunch of videos on my phone, and I just started sharing them on the internet. Wait, that was it. The way to do it. Yeah. Um, what do you think was like the first job site that you photographed? All every site I worked on. Everything. Yeah, through college, and then so Kiwit, for example, Uncle Pete. They have a pretty strict photo policy. So mm-hmm. you can sit there and say, well, my company has a pretty strict photo policy. But I found the contact for the media department within Kiwit out of Omaha or wherever the hell they are. And I sent them all my photos from the summer and say, hey, I, I want to share some of these. You know, I'm just trying to talk about what we're doing. Do you mind running these through a, a safety review process? And they ran them through their process and say, hey, these are all good. These are not good. This is why you're good to go. And so then I had approved photographs from my experience at that company to share. I was always trying to do it in a a kosher manner. And oftentimes I wouldn't have permission. And I think construction companies saying, it's a a gray area. Mm -hmm. And I was very much in the gray for a while. And I don't at all apologize for that or regret it whatsoever. But I was always trying to do the right thing and present everything in a very positive way. It wasn't ever a gotcha. And so if I was taking pictures from outside of a job site without their permission, which I'm fully able to do, um, I wouldn't post the bad pictures. I wouldn't post the bad videos. I wouldn't want them to look bad. I want them to look good. And so I would use at least use that discretion when I was sharing stuff, even if I didn't have the process followed at the time. And this was like, very early on before I was officially even doing this on my own. Yeah. I mean, it's also like you probably had a bit of an eye for it, but it most, I mean, it is just that, I don't that think extra so, thought. Yeah. People, people say you, you have an eye for it. It's like, nah, that's fucking bullshit. I've, I've, I've taken hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of images. That's why I'm good at it because I've just done it. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, a lot. It's like anything else. It's a skill, and there's a bunch. Like if you look back at my original photos, pictures, videos, nothing special. 
nothing special about it whatsoever. There was nothing to it. Um, I've just practiced a lot and I'm really excited about what I'm photographing, which then comes across in, I think, the photos that I'm able to create. But I think early on, like, and I say that because I don't want other people to think like, well, you know, it's just, I don't have an eye for it. I I, I don't know. I I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if somebody has an eye for photography and doesn't. I think there's probably, like I said, it's not very unique. I think there's a hundred thousand people out there that have probably amazing photos, amazing video. I get, I'm, I'm sent them online all the time. Yeah. All the time. I am sent so much sick stuff. There's so many cool photos in my DMs from job sites around the world, mind sites around the world, all kinds of cool stuff. Um, and it's a shame because of a lot of policies that the industry can't talk more about it. And pe- those people don't feel like they can share it openly yeah. without getting fired. Yeah, that's a weird one. And definitely a lot of props to uh, you going through the right channels. Cause I don't know that I would do, do the same. I would probably accidentally post something and get fired. But well, I, I but at that point, I wasn't employed by anybody either. So it's like, what yeah. are they going to do? Sue me? Mm, it's like okay cool sue me like have at it waste of fucking time (laughs) (laughs) what what are you gonna take like how's this gonna work like sure i'll just drag it out and and just yeah yeah. (laughs) i'll represent myself (laughs) like what are you gonna do yeah uh not that we're suggesting that you do that please don't post anything that you shouldn't be but 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 people (sighs) people are smart they know what they should and shouldn't post. Yeah, like you know. every once in a while, some jackass posts something fucking dumb on the internet. And a lot of times they get fired for it. A lot of times. And I uh, don't feel bad when that happens because it's like you you knew what you were doing. Like you knew this wasn't supposed you you knew you weren't supposed to be drifting haul trucks. Like you 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 know that. I, I think I think anybody and their mother could say that that is one, not something you should be doing. Two, to put it on the internet and to think like, what do you think's gonna happen? Do you think do you think they're just like I can post a photo of the most obscure thing and somebody will say, Oh, that's that job site over here. I'm like, how the fuck did you know? I posted this picture of like this rock. How did you know where I was? People people know. And so then they get they get fired. But that's very rare. That's very rare. You see those videos every once in a while in North America. A lot of times the unsafe stuff is abroad in East Asia, whatever it is, very rare. Most everybody sharing stuff. It's very positive. They're proud of what they're doing. They just want to show it off. They know what's safe and unsafe. They're they're smart enough to monitor this thing, this this kind of stuff themselves. Yeah, but so the lawyers rule the day. Yeah, at the end at the end of the day, that is the truth. Yeah. So just I guess you're just saying just do it. Well, see what happens. No. No? No. Don't just do it. Don't just do it. I would... Take some cool pictures, maybe. No. I, yeah. yeah. I, you know, keep doing what you're doing. I would go through the right channels again. That's... Yeah. Yeah. Let me clarify. That's not what I meant. Don't just post things. No. I am definitely but, not saying that. But do put, take some cool pictures for yourself if that's something that you're interested in. Yeah. It's not hurting anybody. No. And And... And... Everybody already does. This is like, I'm not saying anything new. Again, yeah. I, I, everybody in this industry has cool stuff on their phones, whether they should or shouldn't. And they're not, like the world's not ending. 
They're just proud of what they do. They just want to show their families what they do. Typically, Mm -hmm. they just really want to show their families like, here's what I do every day. Um, but yeah, if you, if, if you wanted to do something like that more formally, go through the right channels because it's just, they'll they'll probably, probably be happy that you're even reaching out because sometimes it's still a weird world. I haven't been in it. So I don't. <laughs> I, I I just I wish it was more open. It's not gonna probably get any more open anytime soon. And but that's why I enjoy doing what I'm doing is because I'm able to spend the time to go through the right channels. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people reach out saying, "Hey, I'm I'm really appreciative of this because now I can show my kids what I do, and that's awesome to me." And and so I and I get I get the big corporate governance and environmental regulations and legal hoops and this and that i totally understand all that i get it and so i'm not saying it should just be the wild wild west Mm -hmm. i think if there was more freedom i don't think it would get taken advantage of but i think that's wishful thinking i think long term i am happy to spend as much time as i do to get the approvals i do Go through all the loopholes to at least show these operations off, show these projects off, so these people have something that's been blessed by everybody to share. Just gonna move on from that one. Yeah. Uh, best advice for a young guy in a leadership role, young person in a leadership role. Um, I just think the number one at least thing I've learned is you don't have to act like you know what you're doing. And if you, if you act like you know what you're doing, people know you don't know what you're doing and you're just gonna, you're, you're just gonna go nowhere. I mean, even the other day someone asked, you know, Hey, I'm starting to lead these older guys. They're, they're a lot older than me. So what do I do? And and I just said, like, man, if, if I were in your position, I'd be asking them what they think. I'd be trying to get them involved in the process as much as possible. I'd be trying to learn from them as much as I can. I'd be telling them, hey, guys, I've never done this before. You've done this. How are we going to do this? How are we going to figure this one out? Oh, you know, we're going to do it X, Y, Z. Well, you might have some other information. So it's like, well, you know, hey, actually, this part of this, you guys didn't see this, but this part of the schedule has this. So we actually can't work over there next week. So what do you guys think about working over here and then working over there? Yeah, yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. It's I just think it's it's really important to um, lean on those around you and let them run the show in a lot of ways. Let them make the plan. Let them teach you. Um, I think that humility, which I've not always had and still have to really, really work on, is absolutely key. And I, th- the funniest thing was I look back and I thought I was being humble, but I, looking back on it, it's like, mm, I thought I knew what I was doing and I didn't have a fucking clue at what I was doing. And I would have been much better served had I really just wholly accepted that I don't know what I was doing uh, because then I could have leaned on others more effectively. So that, I at least that's what I've learned is you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to be right all the time. Uh, you don't have to be the the person in charge. You really just have to listen. You have to get rid of roadblocks for those around you. 
You have to build relationships with those working for you. You have to care for those working for you. You have to look out for not just your immediate team, but the other teams around you, the business itself. If you, if you do that kind of stuff, there is no, no question to where you can go. And, and even like, you know, I'm still in my twenties. I'm going on 29 next month. And going back to the question I was asked, you know, what do you got? What do you do about these older guys? And since, since I began the business and I've had Dan helping me build the business and I have a role to play. Uh, and oftentimes I don't jive with the, 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 the older generation, the people calling the shots. And I used to take that personally, which is not being humble. But when I have allowed, you know, I do what I do and then I allow the adults to do what they do in a way. And even though I could have the same conversation, that's not what's important. What's important is that we get this deal done. And so if Dan's more effective in having that conversation with this individual, I'm going to let him do it. I don't need to be involved. I don't need to be, well, you know, I'm Mr. I'm, I'm the guy and my name's on everything. I'm the leader. And so I need to be involved. I don't need to be involved in that because I know we're, there's, a, there's a greater risk of that deal not getting done because I'm involved than if I wasn't involved. And so I've learned to also step back and recognize that, hey, I, I don't need to, I'm, I'm not best for this. So I'm not going to go put my nose into it because it's just going to mess things up. So I would say uh, knowing when to step back and then just serving others, there's no question where you can go. That sounds just like building trust. Yeah. Trust is huge. And, and I'm still working on it every single day. How do I build more trust? How do I build relationships like you know frankly uh, like we went to trivia last night yeah <laughs> the way i work that out in my head yeah it's fun and this and that i'm, I'm happy to participate and i'm like like i'm happy to be there i enjoy it yeah but for me the utility of going is to just further build relationships with people so we have we're out out of work we don't have many opportunities like that i need to be more serious about just getting outside of this setting and just being around our people. And, and, and it's not like a, in a manipulative sense or anything like that. It's just like, hey, if I know more about them, they know more about me, we can be more effective there than we can be more effective here. And so to me, it's like a last night, it's important. And I don't do enough of that because it's like, well, that helps me build better relationships. Yeah, no one does enough of that. I mean, it doesn't always feel natural just because... That a lot of people are different people at work than they are in their life. Well, it takes it takes work. It takes real work to get to know somebody and like what's going on and like what's happening outside of your life. Like a lot of people, they work with people, they have no fucking clue what these people do outside of the setting. They only know them in, in this one one way. Mm-hmm. No idea what's go what goes on outside of that. And I think which is fine. I mean, it's not going to affect but anything as a, as a leader. Yeah, but as a leader, you can't be effective if if yeah. if that's it. And yeah. I don't I don't think you have to be buddies with everybody because I don't think that works out very well. No, but you at least they at least have to know that you genuinely care about them. Like the one that we did with JP. Yeah, that's he a talks great one. a lot about um, being in the seals and his role as a younger person leading 
other other guys that are probably older and maybe a little more experienced than yeah. him. Um, and he he does he kind of mirrored a lot of what you were saying about uh, asking people their opinion, asking how they want to do it, um, respecting their method, trusting them. It yeah. kind of all comes back to that. Yeah, and it's it's not as simple. But it is that simple at the end of the day. It's just like... Everything's nuanced, right? <laughs> ev- everything's nuanced, yeah. But I would just be, if you're a young leader, I would become a student of leadership because it is a, uh, it's a lifelong pursuit. And it's Don't a, be weird about it. But. Yeah, yeah, but it's a very complex, it's a very complex thing. And uh, I think it takes time to learn. And yeah. I'm still so early on in learning. Yeah. So early on, but I'm thinking about leadership every single day, seven days a week, nonstop. How did I do today? How did I communicate? I could have done this better. I'm trying to audit myself yeah. nonstop so that I can keep being better and better and better and better and better. I think that answers it. Um, so last one, fun one, uh, most unique job site. These are like all over the place, by the way. Well, I told I told you. <laughs> Just selected, just, just random. selected these and put them on a piece of paper. I think they're all good, though. Um, yeah, most unique project site. And we'll probably talk more about this, I think, at some point. the I've been to some pretty wild places over the past seven years now mm-hmm. with the job I have, which has been pretty cool. I mean, I've been to South America. I've gone to China. I've gone to Australia. Um, Europe, uh, all over North America. I think still I've been to the Middle East three times. Mm -hmm. And the Middle East is just amazing. I am, every time I go there, so thankful for the experience. Mm -hmm. And I first went there in 2019. Um, Zahid, the Caterpillar dealer in Saudi Arabia, reached out and they said, hey, we want you to come out and take some pictures. So I go out there. I knew nothing about the Middle East. I knew what Americans know about the Middle East. And it is, it's bad. It's war-torn. There's bombs going off on every street corner. And then you show up and it's the total opposite. Everybody is so welcoming. No one cares that you're from a totally different part of the world. It's, it's an amazing amazing place and it's such a shame to me how it's been portrayed primarily by the United States and our government and our military industrial complex uh, because I think it's it's really an extraordinary extraordinary part of the world <clears throat> so I've been out there three times and the 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 second time they started to tell us about this project called neon and I didn't know what it was. This was in 2020, beginning of 2021. Beginning of 21, or maybe beginning, I think maybe beginning of 22. So they say, hey, we're, um, we're working on this project called Neom. And I never heard it. And, and it, 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 hadn't, it hadn't been publicly talked about yet. Yeah. But I saw some literature on it and thought, mm, this is kind of, this is a little out there. 
it it is a wild concept. The whole thing's wild, and like uh, like a floating city, really, and mm-hmm. like this city that's over a hundred miles long, and then and then this, and then that. It's just so much. It's like it's Very so sci-fi. Yeah, it's so hard to comprehend. It's like, wow, well, this is cool. Like, yeah, maybe one day they'll they'll do this, and then we go out to these sites, and the 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 earth moving was more than I'd ever seen in my life, and I, you know, in the states. There's not that many big earth moving projects. There, mining is one thing, but put mining aside. Civil earth moving projects. There's not that many over 5 million yards. But we're working with the infrastructure that have. Yeah, yes. Yeah, but what I'm, what I'm saying is there's really not that many jobs. Like There's a handful over 5 million yards at any one time. And I could yeah. sit here and probably list them off the top of my head. There's not many. And most of them right now are these battery plants. So, so rarely are we moving 5 million plus yards for a civil project, for a, 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 a development of any sort. But you go out there to these projects and everywhere you look would be the biggest earth moving project in the United States. <laughs> everywhere. No joke. I mean, you're driving for hours and over here, there's a monster project and over here, there's a monster project and trucks going in and out. There's stuff going on everywhere. And I'm asking like, what is going on? And they say, well, this is, this is the preparation for neon and it's just unbelievable and so we fast forward to the past holiday season december and we get lined out we we with zahid we go out lined out with customers and then we get lined out with with neon for formal approval to go out there and photograph these operations which was something i was not expecting honestly so we have all of our ducks in a row. And I operate by the fucking book when I'm out outside the United States. Like in the States, yeah, all right. I'm like familiar with... There's a little more wiggle room when you're in your own country versus a country halfway around the world, no matter where you are. It's, it'd be the same thing in Germany or wherever. I try to stay very buttoned up because I don't want any kind of issues whatsoever. So we go out there. And just in a two-year period, the place was totally different and the main the main part of this project is called the line and it's a hundred miles about 170 kilometers and and basically just two towers tall two towers wide two buildings wide but for a hundred miles long and but the, the the craziest thing about the whole project is not actually that. We got to go to that project and, and see the very first pilings getting drilled and the foundations going in and it is as real as it gets. But the even crazier thing is just all the infrastructure. When you build a new city from scratch, you have to build all of this other infrastructure to support the city. And so, well, what is this site? Because... This site's the biggest earth moving project I've ever seen. Well, this is going to be the new water treatment plant. We're going to take a water from the Red Sea and it's going to be uh, a desalinization plant. Oh, okay, of course. And then what's this? Well, this is a data center. Oh, of course. And then what's going on here? Oh, we're expanding, we're doubling the port because if we're going to have a city, we're going to have to bring in goods and then you don't just dig out the port, but then you have to build all of the surrounding port infrastructure. And then What's going on over here? Oh, that's the that's the industrial component so that there's going to be all of these businesses that are needed to just support the construction and they need to set up. So that's what we're doing here. It's just, it's nonstop everywhere. 
there are these monster projects that are being done right now to support this job and the 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 scale and scope that's still i'm i'm thinking about it like did i really see that was that is that actually going on and it it is as real as anything else i've ever seen i think i asked jack when y'all got back i was like is it legit like is it real and he was like yeah dude they're moving a lot material it's like, as it's as real as a hundred thousand people working on it because, at any given time which is wild yeah wild and, yeah it's just i i don't think for a long time anyone has like there hasn't been an undertaking this big no you don't build new cities from scratch <laughs> yeah as much nowadays yeah like that's why a lot of our cities probably have the problems that they do is because i mean some utilities are hundreds of years old well and you're just building on shit a lot of times too like seattle or uh, san francisco yeah the whole town's burned multiple times and then what do you do you don't clean it up you just build the city on top of push more dirt over it yeah and and you know manhattan was in a, a swamp miami was a swamp most of the land miami's boston built on swamp. boston swamp most of the land miami's built on didn't exist no it's all it's all been it's all been dredged up yeah yeah created and and a lot of it too has been um like dewatering um but yeah i i and there's all sorts of opinions on this project um how many countries are involved i think Everybody, there's a lot of like any of the big North American engineering firms are out there. One of the big projects we were on, Bechtel is doing it. You know, any, any major firm in the world is out there. All the equipment manufacturers, um, a lot of European contractors, like we were visiting Boscalis, the big Dutch, uh, marine construction company. And they're, I think probably the biggest in the world at marine construction. They have projects everywhere. Um, yeah, it's just the infrastructure required is 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 in, it's 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 I don't know. I I I don't even know how to really explain it to somebody and how to put it into like put a sense of scale to it because without seeing it yourself, you can't and even seeing it yourself, you just almost become like desensitized to it. You you think, "Oh yeah, you you look to your right." And that would be the wildest earth-moving project in the in the United States. But you're like, "Oh yeah, yeah." And then yeah, you look to your course, left. Yeah. Wildest earth moving project that would exist in the United States. You're like, yeah, yeah, but yeah, um, yeah, more, more activators, more dozers. You're like, all right, like, <laughs> what else is there? You almost get, it almost becomes normal. It's, it's like, yeah, overwhelming it's just, amount. It's just like how it works here. And that, that picture of the, uh, <clears throat> is it Sahid or Zahid? Zahid. Zahid? Yeah. The picture of their yard is insane because there's so many machines. Yeah. Um, and they need all of them. Yeah. And I think, I don't know. People just—I feel like they don't understand how much, how much skin in the game that the Western world has in the Middle East. Well, it's and that's a whole other. That's that's a whole other um, conversation. Just, but, but people just think, oh, we just are there for oil. No, oh, but no, but it's so much more. Yeah, the, the American companies have been doing business out there forever, forever. But, um. Manufacturers too. I mean, it's it's Asian manufacturers, tons of Asian manufacturers, tons of Asian manufacturers. So good on them for so it's not building just their one. infrastructure. Actually, well, you know what I would say to 
like people when they were criticizing or sending me not kind DMs on the internet was, you know, just imagine if America actually spent our revenue oh, on no. our country. Like just imagine if we didn't send hundreds of billions of dollars abroad every year. Like what 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 could we do? We could do some pretty cool stuff, but no, we're just gonna keep sending it abroad. <laughs> well we do do some cool things. I mean we have a lot of F thirty five, so Yeah, the the most <laughs> The biggest quagmire of a military program in world history. <laughs> <laughs> They're so advanced, they can't find them sometimes. Uh-huh. Amazing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I look forward to talking more about that project, but um, we need to make sure our numbers are right and get the story together to actually present it in a more cohesive way. But I think that's it for questions. That is one. it for questions, yeah. Right. So, if you want to know more about Neom, um, just Google N E O M. You'll you'll yeah. you'll learn quick. Um, and also, if you want to visit there, uh, good luck. Go go well, find they're, someone. They're hiring. They're hiring. <laughs> they're yeah. hiring plenty of fun. and you. They're building resorts and everything, so it'll be open to the public one day. It's just not Eventually. now, but um, yeah. Uh, I think that's it. If you have questions, dirttalk at buildwith.com goes right to Harrison. And we'll see you on the next one. Until then, stay dirty, everybody. <laughs>